Welcome to another episode of the Pleasantly Persistent Podcast here with co-host Christy McGill and our guest today, Mr. Ben Wall. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So can we give us a, a brief intro and then we can dive in? Uh, sure. So I'm Ben Wall. I'm the VP of Sales for Matriarch Foods. Really cool uh, certified women-owned business that upcycles vegetables that would otherwise uh, end up in the landfill. And we make delicious products for food service as well as retail. Awesome. Cool. So starting uh, back a little farther. So gluten-free bar, GFB. Uh, mm -hmm. Tell us about the journey there. And are you still affiliated yeah, sure. Um, so, and it's kind of funny going back. I, so my, my background is in tech. I worked mm -hmm. for Microsoft, Apple, uh, Netflix. And while I was at Microsoft, one of my best friends was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, and that was in 2008. Um, and so kind of very early in the gluten-free trend, if you want, if you will. Um, and so he started making bars for himself. Uh, he was traveling a lot. There were, there weren't many options available. So uh, he started making his own bars. They didn't taste very good. Long story short, he found a chef um, who came up with some recipes for him. And then his brother was diagnosed. And so they started making more of them. One summer, we were literally at a bar having a beer. And he, hand, well, I was having a beer. They were having cider. Um, <laughs> but uh, they, they, they shared one of the bars with me. And I was, I was like, wow, this is phenomenal. I, I would eat this all day long. And the nutrition's great. And so we, nights and weekends, started started uh, cranking away at starting a business. And um, today we have over 70 employees, uh, have a second chances hiring program, which is pretty amazing. Uh, first zero waste certified manufacturing facility for food in West Michigan. Um, so trying to, trying to do good with, <clears throat> with, the, with, with the work we were doing. That's amazing. Tell, share about the second chance program. Please. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an amazing program. You know, so many folks. I mean, you know, recidivism is a is a is a super high rate, and so many people just want to have a chance, you know, to get back in into society. And so, you know, we had a couple people that that we knew and we gave a, a chance to, and and they wowed us with their work ethic, and um, so it just kind of lit off a light bulb. Like, hey, there's so many folks out there that need that just need an opportunity. Um, and so it's been a really, a really cool thing. There's been a lot of really touching stories that have come out of it. And we've got some super loyal employees that have worked their way up the ranks. It's awesome. I love that. That's really great. Um, and so what's your, are you, what's your affiliation now? Like what's your percentage matriarch versus GFB? hundred zero? Uh, so, so I'm not involved day to day anymore with the GFB. Yep. Um, you know, I had learned so much and was, just kind of eager to to take what I learned and, and apply it to a new business. And when I learned what Anna Hammond and Joyce Hong, our, our co-founders at Matriarch were doing, I was just super excited to, to jump in. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I still have my equity in, in, in the GFB business and I still, you know, stay loosely involved, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all, yeah. I'm all Matriarch now. Got it. Cool. Uh, so last, so how long did the stretch end up being? There. So I started the company in 2010 okay. um, and then just last July. So, so 20, I guess, 11 and a half years. Okay. That's a stretch. That's yeah. a stretch. So when you think 
back. There's so much there. And I don't want to go too general of a question, but like what hit the spot, you know, put the second chance program, which is beautiful and amazing aside, but because we already spoke about that, like what was, what was the most special, whether it was like a single win or something that you incorporated into the team or just a stretch? Oh man. Um, there's so many, so many awesome yeah. things that came from uh, that, that, that time. I mean, you know, certainly I think just, just uh, having, having 70 employees um, and really, you know, we, we chose early on to manufacture ourselves versus going to a co-packer um, because at the time there was no like dedicated gluten-free co-packing that existed. So we, we kind of were forced into it, but, but by having your own manufacturing, it really creates opportunity for you to make an impact in people's lives. Yeah. Um, and so I would say that, that, that just kind of all of the stories and, and relationships that have been built through, through the people I'd say were probably sticks out the most. Awesome. And then my last question, I'll give some space to Christy here is uh, for now is uh, team culture. Is there anything, were, were you guys all in person for the stretch? Like, what did you do? Was it like a retreat every year? Was it like, <laughs> was it, was it vir like virtual games or fun gifts? Like, what did you do to try to like level up and create a healthier culture? Man, I mean, culture is obviously so key. And it's so important when you have a team and, and the team that we had it really it was a wide scope of, in terms of responsibility, right? We had a lot of folks that were actually making the products and then we had, you know, kind of a, so there was, there was a, a huge manufacturing facility in the back and then uh, offices in the front. And so we really worked hard to try and ingrain like the team is a family, even though there's like this, this wall separates the manufacturing facility from the, from the offices. Um, but I think that was a big thing was really trying to, 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 you know, prove that we, one of our values is that we win together. Um, and so, you know, providing opportunities for bonuses and things like that, that, that spanned, you know, on, on both sides of the wall. Um, yeah. So it felt like everyone was engaged and part of the success of the business. Um, I think that was, that was really important. And just, you know, we would, we shared each other's stories. We, you know, we did a lot of, we did do a lot of events. Like we you know we had an annual Christmas party and, but we, we tried to do a lot more than that. We tried to do a lot of regular things. We put a basketball hoop outside, you know, so people on break would go out and actually, you know, hang out together and play and, totally. and have fun. So, but yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I actually wasn't there day to day. Um, yeah. I lived out in Washington and I was yeah. the sales guy. So, you know, it's probably I'm probably not the best person to answer the totally. all the culture questions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you weren't spearheading that in a way. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, so throughout your time, right, you were involved in the early stages of that. You're doing it kind of again with matriarch. Um, mm -hmm. I'm sure, you've learned a lot of lessons along the way, <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm sure people come and ask you for advice as well. What is something that you know immediately comes to mind? If, you know, an earlier stage founder comes and asks for a piece of advice or something that you like to share with people? Yeah. I mean, one of the biggest things is like, you know, I think people just have a preconceived notion of things exist in a certain way and you have to follow the rules in a certain way. Like I, I we did so many things at the GFB that people would have said, don't, don't do that. Like, what are you, what are you thinking? That's not how things work. And you're like, well, does it make sense how it works today? <laughs> so I think challenging, you know, the status quo is something that's, that's always important. And just, you know, 
nothing is permanent and everything is fluid. And I feel like we, you know, throughout time, we learned a lot that you just got to figure your way through things. And, you know, starting up a business is not, it's not easy, right? Um, and you, you encounter roadblocks on a daily basis. And it's just a matter of figuring out how to navigate those and keeping, keeping your head up through that whole process, which sometimes can be more challenging than others. But I think, you know, yeah. Taking advice from people, but also kind of listening to your own inner voice of what you know and believe to be true, which I think can yeah. be hard. Yeah, well said. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So at GFB and then shifting to Matriarch, were you doing food service sales at GFB at all, or is this your first time at Matriarch? Doing Very it? little. So, and we did a little bit with, um, uh, we did, we don't, we did some, some work with Canteen and, and, and others uh, through Compass a little bit, but no, this is, this has been, and one of the reasons that I was really excited about it was to, to learn the food service industry. Yeah. So tell us, tell us your learnings. Can be you gone from retail guy to food service? Like why is, what are you like? Food service is freaking awesome for these reasons and challenging for this reasons. And like, yeah, what's your take on retail versus food service and how are you enjoying it? How much time do we have? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, they're very different worlds, right? I mean, yep. and I, I love food service. So just to start off with that, I, I feel like I love them both. And we're, we're just launched back into retail. We just launched our first retail line uh, with Matriarch, mm-hmm. which is the first upcycled carbon neutral pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but food service is, you know, it's, it's a much slower sales cycle. It's much more, I mean, there's relationship focus in both, but, but it's such a, you know, working with, and, and our products are ingredients. So it's not like it's just a, you know, a, a, a protein or something like that, that that's straightforward. Like we, we have products that are bases. Um, and so there's a lot of culinary interaction. And, you know, I think that's been a really big learning for me is, I mean, I, I didn't have a culinary background I, and, you know, I, I didn't know the language. And so just, just learning that language has been, has been really important. And one of our, our, our head of R&D, owned a restaurant for years in Manhattan and is just a super accomplished chef. And so it's been really helpful to have him <laughs> by my side to help uh, give me the one-on-one. Yeah, yeah. So what do you, how about the jump into whichever question one or two is more interesting for you. The selling process is, how is it different? And then how is it working with distributors different? Yeah, I mean, the selling process is very different, right? I mean, for retail, primarily you have review you know, review calendars and, you know, you have a month to get in and get your presentation. You, have, you work with primarily brokers and you, with, with food service, it's, you know, there's not a review cycle, right? I mean, there's certainly- So much more fun that way. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, it, but it's, it's very different, right? That You're not just working with a grocery buyer right? Which is what you're doing in, in retail. In, in food service, you're working with a, a wide variety of folks to try and get across the finish line. And, you know, we, our products are very unique. So they have a clear sustainability impact that's third party verified. And so there's, we're interacting with culinary, we're interacting with purchasing, we're interacting with um, sustainability, we're inter- and we're, we're a certified women-owned business. So we're interacting with the DEI side of, of, of the organization. So I mean, it's a much, you know, there's a lot more moving pieces in food service and a lot more things you have to, to, to do to get, it, to get a sale across, across the finish line. Totally. And how about working with the distributors, food service versus retail? I know sometimes it's a hybrid, but for the most part, it's not. 
what what are your what have your learnings been yeah i mean you know it's true in retail and in food service that you want to have an anchor account before you open a, a, a distribution center right and i think that 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 applies across um, both channels but i think that you know with 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 retail we had a lot more access to 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 sales folks and it's a lot easier i think in in my mind at least in my experience to to partner with those folks with 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 the cisco's and the us foods of the world they're representing thousands of products right mm -hmm. and so to get to get that to get those folks time is is a little bit a little bit more challenging i would say and maybe that's just cuz i'm newer in this industry and or maybe they don't like me i don't know <laughs> yeah no but, yeah it's slow, yeah yeah, no, it's 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 different working with the distributors and food service is slower. I find uh, it's a much cleaner, more fruitful, straightforward yes. business and retail, which is nice, right? Like yes. when you know, there's not too much funny money and 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 just invoice scariness. It's just like <laughs> straightforward in the way it should be. It's, it can be horrifying. You and Chris yeah. know better than me in, in the retail space, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, certainly retail is tough that way. And you got to, I mean, we had someone at GFB almost exclusively focused on, you know, watching okay. the rebate yeah. and making like sure. And, reading those all day. Yeah. Just trying to match them up. Full-time job and probably pay for himself just from he what he or she found. <laughs> Truth. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's like the biggest thing, actually, how much money people save by paying someone to look at yeah. those. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's yeah food service is amazing in that way. It's super clean, super straightforward. Um, the people are great. Like that's what I would say in food service overall, I really, really, really enjoy the people. Um, yeah. You know, especially because we have a, a product that's making a difference. Like everyone is engaged in, and wants and wants to do that, wants to, wants to make an impact with the work that they're doing. Love it. Did you guys sign up for any 2023 food service shows? Um, we haven't signed up yet, but we're, we'll do NRA, um, yeah. and then we're, we'll probably do another one or two retail shows, yeah. um, just because we're launching that product. We, we did Expo East here recently to launch the pasta sauce line, yeah. which was an amazing show for us. So, and cool. where we got to, where we got to taste it, it was delicious. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. That's right. Made, well, you better, you better not sleep on the NRA booth. They're, they're. Fast going quick. We've been, yeah. we, we, we just signed up for two. Uh, yeah. And the good boot. Yeah. Yeah. They're going, it's going to be, it's going to, have you been to NRA before? Have you walked? Yeah. In? We exhibited last year. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, how'd you, it was, it was solid. It's. I wouldn't recommend the new products pavilion. Um, yeah. we were in this space that was marketed as like, you know, Hey, this is, this is a destination. And when we got there to our booth, we were, enclosed by two elevator shafts and so there was no organic traffic flow at all um mm. so that was a you know and it didn't show it on the floor plan like you couldn't tell that that was the case so yeah we were a little bummed with that piece but we had we still had an amazing show we had a bunch of people that that, that we had you know reached out to and were planning to come by the booth so yeah. it was it was a fantastic show for us still cool uh last question Who's your favorite? Who's your like brand crush? Like, who do you just love? Who do you buy the most of? What's your favorite? What's your favorite non-alcoholic beverage that you buy the most of? Oof. All right. So brand crush. There's a few of them. I, you know, this is one that just kind of fascinates me. 
maybe I wouldn't say it's a crush, but it's just very interesting. The, the midday squares. Folks, right, I knew you were going to say that. It's hard to not be yeah. fascinated. Yeah. I mean, they are just on fire. Um, and they're, they're crazy. Like they're fun to watch, um, mm -hmm. which is, I think the kind of the basis of their, of their yeah, they've, marketing they've managed, strategy. They managed to almost pull this like reality show idea together with building a brand so that you like, feel right. like you're along a journey I and mean, you almost can't help, but watch the next video. Like, I want to know what's going to mm -hmm. happen with this packaging problem. Mm -hmm. I gotta know. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I've been following them. I mean, early, early on when they were like, just go starting on LinkedIn and it's just been really interesting to see how they built this kind of community around them across yeah. all platforms. Yeah. Yeah. So they're killing it. And then non-alcoholic drink. Um, we go through a lot of Pellegrino in my house. Uh, I also love, um, you know, Spindrift as a regular, you know. What's your, what's your Spindrift flavor? I mean, the I'm a grapefruit guy. That's the best I one. Yeah. Oh, those are fighting words. I, I like grapefruit. I, I'm I'm raspberry, strong raspberry lime. And that the terrible part here is Bat's favorite one is one of my least favorites. That's oh and you guys so can good. work together. It's I know. You, you, I just you, I suck it up when I drink the raspberry lime, but I'm okay. a grapefruit. Can, can we at least have agreement? It pains me when people, maybe this is you guys, when people buy spindrift and go for lemon or cucumber. I'm like, you gotta go for a fun flavor. Yeah. Yeah. Either. And I'll, I, I can have my own lemon. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, cool. Uh, well, good. Uh, yeah. I've enjoyed getting to, you know, I know just a little bit, but enjoyed getting to know you and chat with you and uh, in, in yes, person same. in the last couple of well, last show and previously on a virtual call. So uh, yeah. Thank you for joining us in Matriarch Foods uh, website, social media. Where's the, where's the best spot or store locator? Yeah matriarchfoods.com and it's spelled a little uh, uniquely it's m-a-t-r-i-a-r-k foods.com um and you know check out upcycled food association check out refed you know we're we're trying to fight food waste you know 35 percent of what's grown in america goes to waste uh which is just a, a terrible thing 418 billion dollars to to grow transport and then dispose of it um so it's a massive problem there's a lot of really cool brands that are working on trying to to create new products um, uh, out of out of food that would you know otherwise go to waste and create greenhouse gas, which you know we don't we don't want to do. So yeah, appreciate the time. It's great talking with you. All guys. right, thank you.